Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there, and coming up on the podcast, we'll talk to Kai Madsen from the Christmas Cheer Board. Global weather specialist Mike Conkin will join us to talk about the weather. Yep, you guessed it. And we're going to talk about Winnipeg Transit with two people, Matt Allard and Gino D'Astasio. Please rate the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and now, the podcast. Well, what a pleasure. In studio, Mr. Kai Madsen from the Christmas Cheer Board. It is good to see you. It is wonderful to be here, Alec, and I can't tell you how I've missed you all these years. <laughs> well, it's been a few years since yeah. we've chatted. Of course, I was off radio for a while, and I was driving by your beautiful new location mm-hmm. there the other day, and I thought, that's it. I'm calling Good. up Kai. we got to get w- Kai Manson on. I knew I could count on you. So you're right over here in the Polo Park area. Let me get the address out, 947 St. James Street. Right you are. And people, I'm sure, are stopping in going, how can I help? Here's 20 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I'm glad you brought up the money. Because uh, you you probably noticed that things are getting pretty competitive and uh, a little bit tighter than we're accustomed to. So uh, money is is a factor, and uh, I need to raise some money. Well, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to have you on too to see you because you're great, and but also to to help you out because I think this year we haven't had as much snow. It hasn't been real wintry, and sometimes people are a little slow to get in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah, Two yeah. weeks yesterday, right? and it's here, and I imagine you guys are scrambling. We are, yeah. And But, you know, Winnipeggers are really absolutely spectacular, and uh, we've got people lined up waiting to deliver hampers. We've got people picking up hampers because, you know, some people are more comfortable because they're afraid we might not get there on time. And so they come in and pick up their own hampers. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really quite a special place. And uh, I encourage people to stop into the warehouse and have a chat and have a cup of coffee. Uh, we don't, Our coffee is not as good as yours, by the way. There you go. <laughs> CGOB Coffee gets the stamp oh, yeah. of approval from Kai Madsen you bet. Yeah. at the Christmas Cheer Board. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good, boy, if you can get Kai's uh, <laughs> thumbs up. So uh, answer me a question. How many hampers are you doing this year? Well, I expect it'll be about the same as last year, which is just under 18,000. And, uh, you know, that's about 50,000 people that we uh, help at Christmas time. And uh, in in that total of 50,000, about 20,000 of those folks are kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's our main focus. Yeah. yeah. Is the need increasing? You said about the same number, but I imagine the need is increasing. Not really. It's mm. It's been fairly level in the last two, three years. It's, um, you know, it was creeping up every year for a long time, but now it's kind of leveled off, and uh, I hope that's a good sign. I mean, uh, increasing is not a good thing. No. Why do you suppose it's kind of leveling off? Well, a number of things. Employment uh, is is better, yeah. and uh, you know I think there are some of our social programs that are perhaps better as well. Not as good as perhaps they should be, but they're still better. And so, it, we don't arbitrarily say that you must have a hamper and so on. People, you know, have to ask for one because uh, some people just are proud and they yeah. don't want to take one. Sure. 
What's in a hamper? There's food, but maybe go into specifics because yeah. often a, a few years ago I delivered some hampers, right. which is a great experience. It is. If, if you want to make it a fun day for your family, mm-hmm. like bring the kids. It's a great opportunity for the kids to learn about giving and, and generosity. It and yeah. It's a wonderful experience when you can deliver those hampers to yeah. people in need. But what's in the hampers? Well, basically everything you need for a Christmas dinner. So in other words, we have the uh, stuffing, we have uh, the turkey, the vegetables, cake mix so that you can have a, a dessert and so on. And we also put in a lot of staples so that because I don't know about you, but I like turkey just as well the second day and the third day. It's better. Right? Exactly. I think. So we put in the stuff that you can use. But keep in mind that it's a Christmas hamper. Nothing wrong with a food hamper, but it's a Christmas hamper. It's a celebratory kind of hamper. So we try to add those extras. And, of course, the, along with the hamper comes the uh, the gifts for the kids and, uh, and of course, the turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So you will take... For example, gifts for kids. Yes. You you will take uh, non-perishable food items, or, right. and we can get into what exactly you're looking for. Right. But I imagine you're like a lot of the other charities, Kai, where that dollar is best because you guys stretch it like crazy. We do. And, uh, and not only that, but the other thing you have to keep in mind is that when people donate um, toys and groceries, for that matter, they're very focused. And so we get enough of some things, but not enough of other things. So we have to actually commit to buying these things to make sure that when we send out the hamper, the hamper is a complete hamper because, I mean, it's no good getting lots of one thing and not enough of another thing. So we, back in July and August, we make commitments to buy groceries. Now, we've spent the money. It's going out the door, <laughs> but we haven't got the money yet. Somebody's so, credit well, card's yeah. been run up, eh? <laughs> exactly. But the same thing applies to toys. People, you know, they're very focused. And I can understand completely where they're coming from because uh, if I was going out to buy a toy, what would be the easiest and what would be the most fun? Cute Cuddly toy for a cute, cuddly three-year-old little girl. Yeah. That's my that melts my heart. Sure. And so we get enough things for three-year-old girls, <laughs> but not enough for thirteen-year-old guys and yeah, gals, kind right. of thing. And so we buy those to make sure we have gifts for everybody, mm-hmm. not just for three-year-old girls. And so, um, you know, it's it means that we are committed to spending eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the uh, types of gifts you're looking for. Uh, what about the food items? Cash we know is king, but what about Absolutely. food items? What sort of things? Well, you know, the best thing here is to focus on some of the things that we think of at Christmas time. So chocolates and some candy and some peanuts and, and nuts and so on. And these are all part of that celebration of Christmas. But you can always include things like canned meats, canned fish, the, the, the pastas, because the pasta goes with the, you know, the leftover yeah. process the right. day after. Soups, of course, because that's part of the uh, leftover as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it isn't just, but make sure it's, it's non-perishable, mm-hmm. because otherwise uh, we have some issues with that. How can, other than stopping in and seeing you at that a beautiful location at 947 St. James Street, whether it's to check it out or make a donation or whatever, how else can they get a hold of the Christmas cheer board? Is there a phone number, a website? Oh, yes. We have a website. You can donate on the website. And you know what? Maybe there are a lot of folks out there that go back to the days of George McCloy, and guess what he did? He says, 
Bring it down to the station. I'll take it over to Kai. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, I wanted to uh, also, it was great chatting with you today, and we're just about out of time, but I, I thought it was, uh, uh, when I first came to town in 1989, Ron Abel was my morning man, and I worked with Ron, and I was just a kid, and I was doing news, and Ron, one of the first things Ron said, because it was in November of 89 when I came, yeah. middle of a snowstorm, Ron, very early on, made it clear that there were some causes in this community that were very important, and the Christmas cheer board was one of them. Yeah. And um, back then, I believe it was Bertie Beckel was running was, the Christmas yes, cheer board, yeah. and then you took over in... 94. 94. Yeah. How many more years do you want to do this, Kai? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I came to Winnipeg in 1970. Didn't know a single person. And so one of my colleagues uh, said, you know, because you don't know anybody, and my family was still back in Calgary. And so he says, come on out. I I belong to this group. And so he invited me out to the Christmas cheer board, and I said, what a really neat organization. What a wonderful idea. And and so in 1970, I delivered hampers with Reverend Dave Reese. Oh, wow. Yeah, it goes back many, many years. Mm-hmm. So this is my 49th Christmas of being involved with the cheer board. Isn't that something? So wow. now the move afoot, of course, is that my board of directors... Because I said last year, I said, oh, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too old for this because yeah. I'm getting closer and closer to 80, so I better sort of think in terms of... You look of, great, Kai. Well, it's, no, radio, no, no, so I got, it's radio, <laughs> so I got to tell people how good Kai Madsen looks. <laughs> but uh, so they came to me and said, well, can't, can't you hang in so that you can reach that magic milestone of 50? Because that would be very cool. It happens to also be the 100th year for the Christmas cheer board, the same wow. year. So... Um, if my health is good and yeah. I'm having fun, because you got to have fun at these things, right. uh, then uh, we'll we'll see if we can hit that 50 and 100. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kai, I'll tell you what, it's great to see you. I don't uh, walk around. You know, everybody's got cards now, right? My, well, wife, yeah. I, I, my wife gives me a hard time for walking around with cash in my wallet. I don't have a ton of cash on me, but I want to give you what I got. Oh. And and just know that way it was worth the trip, right? Well. I mean, to come, <laughs> to come down and, and say hi. I could almost so, walk here. You know that. <laughs> I know you're very close. So please take that. Merry, Merry Christmas. All the best. And if you have any last-minute help required, you know where you can yep. find me. Okay? Well, in fact, um, I was talking to uh, one of your folks here and uh, they're going to do some PSAs for us Very and, nice. and so on so that we can keep people focused and make sure yeah. that we get them all delivered. I don't want to have any left over. No. Uh, Kai, you're a wonderful human being. No, I'm not. I'm just an average schmuck and I have a good time. Well, you're a good schmuck. <laughs> okay. you're, a, you're a great guy. Thanks for coming in and thanks for, for doing everything you do. And, and it's not just but, at Christmas. This is year-round uh, for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. But you also have to remember that the reason why we're able to do these things is because Winnipeggers yeah. are built to do these things, and you're they right. make it all work. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Kai Madsen, Christmas Cheer Board, thank you very much. And joining us here at 148... On CJOB, Global Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. Hello, sir. Hello, Hal. Great job on the forecast, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, I listen to you uh, all the time on the news, and I I watch you on television. So I'm I'm trying to get better at that. That's uh, one of the things I'm working on. Hey, hey I was don't gonna, change a thing. Hey, don't change a thing. Thanks, pal. I was going to ask you um, about the hoarfrost today, but. Then I read your article at uh, cjlb.com, and I would encourage people to go there. It's great, great info. 
we are not today or or earlier today it wasn't hoarfrost no you can you can call it hoarfrost if you really want that i think is kind of the go-to term when we just see surfaces just covered in beautiful frost it was a magical look this morning all around the city of winnipeg and still looks great um but the it's actually rime or rime icing that we have out there. So essentially, frost forms the same way. You have water droplets that cool on a uh, on a very cold surface, and you get ice that forms. But rime actually forms within the fog. And so with the fog advisories that we had in place all across southern Manitoba, it was rime icing that was occurring rather than hoarfrost. Hoarfrost, you're going to see. I'm sure we'll still see plenty of it. But you'll typically get that in clearer conditions rather than R- in the fog. And it is spelled R-I-M-E in case uh, right. anybody's uh, curious. But, again, you've written a, a great piece on it at cjob.com, and uh, people should go and uh, check that out. As I read that forecast, and, and, and thank you, I, I, I did work hard at reading it uh, properly. Um, <laughs> as I read that forecast, I'm thinking, man, we're getting pretty close to zero. Do you think we might get a day or two above zero? We're, we're going to be very close to it this weekend. Uh, some models are saying Saturday and Sunday, getting up just above the freezing mark. We're not talking five degrees, but highs of around one or two. It looks like one of those days, it'll probably happen, and the other day, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, we'll come close to it. So we're going to be uh, certainly flirting with the freezing mark on both Saturday and Sunday, But it doesn't, and it doesn't look like temperatures are going to be dropping off for us next week. We have a really nice mild stretch here around uh, around the prairies in general. It's not just us here in Winnipeg. Over towards the west, Calgary is routinely getting above the freezing mark. They have some very strong winds out there right now. Chinook winds, which are helping to keep the heat on. But, uh, yeah, really nice uh, mild stretch. Quite the contrast from last uh, yeah. last year around Christmas time, twenty the 23rd to January 5th. Each night other than January 2nd, temperatures were between minus 28 and minus 33, and that's without the wind. We were kind of living around those uh, extreme cold warnings for that stretch. Yes, yikes. The holidays last year were very yeah. cold. Yeah, and that was And that was like countrywide. That wasn't just Manitoba. Yeah. The whole country was extremely frozen. Yeah, you mentioned Chinook. I grew up in southern Alberta, so I know all about Chinooks, and it might feel uh, like a Chinook on the weekend, um, but what worries me when it warms up like that is I start looking around for snow because when it's mm. cold, at least I can be fairly confident it might not snow a bunch, but when it starts to warm up, I worry about snow. Any reason to worry? Uh, no. Well, we are still looking for some snow. We're going to be seeing uh, snow move across southern Manitoba and into Winnipeg tonight. We're looking for small amounts, maybe a centimeter, maybe two. It's not going to be anything uh, terribly huge. And actually, like you mentioned earlier, we're going to be clearing out tomorrow. So there isn't a big snowstorm that's on the horizon. The low pressure systems that are forming, which bring uh, the precipitation our way, are actually staying up in the territories. Generally, we will have low pressure around the prairies. That's going to keep things nice and mild. Uh, but the lows are going to be staying up around the territory. So we may see, we'll likely see a little bit more snow uh, next week, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a significant, uh, we don't have a Colorado low that's uh, yeah. got its sights set on us, right. none of those Alberta clippers either. So, yeah, we kind of just get some really pleasant kind of fallish weather. Yeah, excellent. Uh, let me just uh, pay you a compliment and say you do a great job with the weather. I'm curious, and I've always wondered this, and we've got a minute here, so let me ask you. Like, did you always have an interest in, in the weather, or or was this just a, a job opportunity? And like, tell me why, has weather always mattered a lot to you, or, or is it just your career now? 
Uh, it's kind of just become the career. I hmm. actually, when I wanted to get into television, I applied to every on-air job in the country. Yep. I almost got hired in Regina, uh, but got hired here for a weather job. Sports was actually always what I wanted to get into, yep. but started doing weather and really liked it. Started oh, taking cool. some courses at University of Winnipeg, and yep. yeah, it's it's actually fun to learn about. And once in a while, you get little little tidbits of information like the difference in frostings that yes. uh, we experienced right. in, uh, in Manitoba. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so. I've always had an interest in weather. And, you know, when you when you when someone like you can explain to me why something happens, and I've said this before, but I think it goes back to my dad because my dad's one of those people that would sit and watch that Channel 9 weather channel nonstop, mm-hmm. right? It was always on, <laughs> and he was always into the weather, and, you know, he was always into, you know, the old sayings like uh, – uh, red sky at night is a sailor's delight and all those crazy, silly things that may or may not mean anything. So uh, I was just curious because I've always had a real interest in the weather and uh, you do a good job of it, pal. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Imagine that there there were no transit service right now and you were looking at the state of the city now, not in 1970 or the 1960, but right now, where do people live? Where's the demand? Uh, how do we use uh, the scarce dollars we have more efficiently to move people around? Because the importance of transit um, is is only going to grow as the city grows. That is Mayor Brian Bowman on the start this morning with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb talking about Winnipeg Transit. 2019, the year of transit, or that is certainly the way Mayor Bowman made it sound. Joining us now to talk about transit in our city is Matt Allard. He is the councillor for St. Boniface, and he is also on the Transit Advisory Committee. Good afternoon, Matt. Uh, Good afternoon. Hi, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. So um, you're part of this advisory committee. The mayor essentially said 2019 is going to be the year of transit. Are you guys really looking at kind of breaking it right down to the core and, and looking at possible ways to rebuild a better transit? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hearing the mayor saying uh, 2019 will be the uh, the year of transit is uh, sure music to my ears as, uh, as a recent uh, convert to to riding the bus uh, on a personal level. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of those one of the top priorities uh, coming up. And uh, part of what's going on is uh, we're we're taking a, a look at the entire system right now. We have uh, what we call uh, or what we have approved the transit master plan. So it's looking at everything from electric buses to frequent service network. Basically, it was a consolidation of a number of council motions that came forward on ideas on how to better transit. And so we've got all that rolling out in the next uh, couple of years on how to, how to improve the system. What's the whole, I'm not blaming you for this, but one of the questions that I'm getting from people, what's the holdup on the shield to protect transit drivers? Yeah, well, there's uh, there's been a pilot, and so we we've tested uh, a couple products, and uh, expecting a recommendation uh, from uh, from city administration to come up to the transit advisory committee soon. Um, I mean, we if there's a holdup, I think uh, we wanted to make sure we were getting it right. Uh, I think we wanted to to hear from drivers in terms of which one uh, which which shield they preferred, and uh, I uh, you know I expect to see some action on that soon. We're approaching a million people. I mean, the city's growing toward a million. Uh, as the mayor pointed out this morning on the start here on CJOB, we don't have freeways. There are some bus routes that are still running on the same route they ran back when they were streetcars. Um, is it as simple as rerouting some buses? Is that part of the problem? 
Well, I think it's part of the question. Um, I, um, I, I, we, I think every, every option is on the table. Um, I think we've told administrators, you know, can you, can you imagine transit and what would be your recommendations if you were building it from scratch? So, so I think uh, those are going to be some of the considerations. And um, certainly, um, certainly I think one of the, the exciting opportunities of the transit master plan is the idea of um, coming up with the, um, a frequent service network. So having specific routes that, that are, uh, that are extremely reliable that people can expect uh, to have as they have in other cities. So we're asking administrators to look at that as well. But um, but I, in terms of transit as as a solution to move a million people by uh, you know by 2035, uh, you know I I think it is a key part of the solution. You just said we don't have freeways and our roads are you know they're generally not getting any bigger. I know I I live through the Marion and Archibald. Um, um, uh, upgrade intersection upgrade uh, question, and it was clear for my community they weren't interested in in a big road plan like that uh, being built in the middle of their community. So what are the what are the what are the solutions? And uh, transit has to be a big part of that solution because we grew up as a city without freeways. We're mostly built out now, and um, if we don't want to be stuck in traffic all day, um, maybe maybe you or I don't have to ride the bus, Hal, but some people have to, or else our roads are just going to be uh, jam packed. Yeah. I'm curious, Matt, as you said uh, at the start of our interview, uh, you're sort of uh, a, a, a transit rider now more than ever before. What would be on Matt Allard's list of ways we could improve transit? Give me one or two if you've got a couple on the top of your mind. Well, the most obvious solution, I think, and um, is, is, running, is having more buses on the road. That's also the most expensive solution. And, uh, of course, we're trying to do more with less of the city uh, of Winnipeg. Uh, last year, the province of Manitoba arbitrarily cut the 50-50 funding program, which left us uh, an $8 million hole in our transit operations. We were able to fill that with uh, increasing the fare and uh, increasing downtown parking to not have reductions in service. And we actually invested more uh, in this year's budget than, uh, than in 2017. So despite all that, we still managed to find uh, additional money for transit. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that would be a silver bullet. Unfortunately, uh, it's an, you know, that's, that's the most ex- expensive part of the system. We are moving on that too. We, um, we are buying new buses. Uh, the buses we're buying, many of them are articulated. So they offer more capacity, a little new cost in operation. So basically, you know, you can have a driver, uh, driver has a full bus. All of a sudden, if you have an articulated bus there, you've got more people on the bus you're spending about the same amount of money in terms of the operations of the bus. So that's a solution that we're, we're moving on right away, and that's going to have some uh, definite impact right away for, for transit riders. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, there's so many ways I think we can, uh, we can look at, uh, at improving the system, but I, ha- I think we should also recognize that if you look at comparable cities, transit, Winnipeg Transit is the lower, the, amongst the lowest in per capita funding costs to citizens, uh, the fare payers are amongst the uh, those that support the system uh, the most in terms of comparable jurisdictions. So basically, we're getting a really good deal from transit and um, and uh, in terms of mill rate support, in terms of property tax support. And I think there's also the additional benefit of, you know, every person that decides to take the bus is one less car on the road. Matt, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Al. Thank you for all your text messages and phone calls. The song is Dark Side. The movie Eddie and the Cruisers and the real band that played the song, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band.
Have you heard this song before, Ken? Never. Oh, it's a phenomenal song. Let's let a bit of it play, because it is that good. Okay. It's a great movie and a great song. Just really cool, and then it starts to really kick in. Here we go. Yeah. All right, that's enough. So thank you for all your uh, text messages and phone calls. Movie, Eddie and the Cruisers, the real band, John Cafferty, and the Beaver Brown band. The song is called Dark Side. Dark Side. Almost like we're talking about Winnipeg Transit. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. We're talking a lot about transit today. The mayor, uh, Brian Bowman, was on the start this morning here on CJOB, and he says 2019 is going to be a big year for Winnipeg Transit. A lot of decisions may very well be made in the new year about transit. And we talked to Matt Allard, St. Boniface Councillor, earlier on the show. He's also on the Transit Advisory Committee. And joining us now to talk a bit about transit is Gino DeStazio, Director of Urban Studies at the University of Winnipeg. Gino, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for the welcome song there, too. Yes. Favorite movie of mine. There you go. Excellent. I'm glad you're a fan of the... Yeah, we were talking about that movie, and then I couldn't remember the name of the song. And there you go, Dark Side. Um, so, Winnipeg Transit. Um, it seems to me, and we've been saying this, listeners have been calling in today, it seems to me the solutions here are fairly straightforward, aren't they? Well, I think in one level they are. I mean, we want to see a transit system that gives riders comfort, that you have a high frequency, and and that it's efficient, right? We want to be able to get to our destination within a reasonable amount of time, not expend a whole bunch of resources, and have uh, the right amount of technology to make that the best possible trip. And what about routes? Because we were saying earlier as well, I mean, some of these routes go all the way back to when there were streetcars on the streets of Winnipeg, you know? Uh, Is part of it adjusting the routes to the right areas now for 2018 and, and 2019? Well, I think that's a great way to go. As everyone has been talking about, the fact of the matter is that Winnipeg has grown quite substantially over the last 15 or 20 years. And when you do that and you have a lot of suburban growth and just changes, absolutely you need to revisit those routes and make sure that we're capitalizing on the highest density locations where we can move the highest number of people in the most effective manner. So I think that that's part of a routine type of uh, environment. We want to see more than just sort of a sprucing up. Uh, and it seemed like the mayor is interested in, in being more innovative and including more technologies and maybe even thinking a little bit about mode and maybe rapid transit. So lots of questions to be asked, I guess, in 2019 should be busy. Yeah. Now, uh, when did Winnipeg miss the boat on LRT or, you know, other cities have subways, Calgary has the LRT. When, when did we need to make that decision? And it seems like Winnipeg's always late to the party. Well, absolutely. You know, and, and some, uh, sometimes I throw out we're 50 years behind a lot of other Canadian cities that have just advanced their LRT systems uh, or their bus rapid transit systems and certainly subways, which have been around for a much longer period of time. So we're still playing a lot of catch up. And it's unfortunate because, you know, back in the day, we don't want to go too far back in history, but Winnipeg was a leader in having a very well-developed street uh, car network through the city. And as people have said, We've kept a lot of those routes the same because, you know, the bus stops now uh, are where the old trolley stops were. 
So we are behind, but it doesn't mean that we can't improve what we have. And, you know, for some cases, it's just a matter of maybe it's more buses, maybe it's changing uh, the, the types of routes and where they're going and having more buses, right? So there's lots of different solutions that, uh, that will have to be looked at over the coming uh, year as, as people get into the, into the details of the plan. You know, and I think we even need uh, uh, even more than, I think we need it even more than other cities, LRT or, or something other than buses, because we don't have freeways here. Other cities at least have freeways. There are quick ways to get around. Well, absolutely. And the challenge for any city now trying to, you know, jackknife uh, lines through their communities, whether it's a freeway or even an LRT line, is just the right of ways. Like, how do you allocate a, a substantial amount of land? We've been doing some of that planning, though, even with the, the, the bus rapid transit planning, has been trying to identify at least corridors where you can increase frequency by whether it's bus or rail. So, you know, a lot of work has been put into this. You know, the question about changing the system in Winnipeg goes back even into the 70s when we were revisiting the idea of, of switching back from buses to other modes of, uh, of transportation, LRT, subway or whatever. So Winnipeg has been thinking about this. Maybe this council might be adventurous to really, as, as the mayor said, put ourselves out there and really take on a tough project that might not appease everyone. But the payback over the next 20, 30 years, that's where you'll get the return where Winnipeg, again, has a a very well-functioning and innovative system. And Gino, I'm going to go old school on you here as we wrap things up. What do you think of this? Have a few streetcars out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we could start incrementally, even just in the downtown, even just some loops, getting that uh, sense that Winnipeg can do something. And, and I think that that, too, has been explored of just having a, a downtown tram, right? There's trams, there's different incremental growth that we could go to really create a system. But you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Gino, thanks a lot for the conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thanks for the song again. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.